everyone, it's your host, Tamika and Haley, and we are here for the review, a spoiler review of the Blood Moon Huntress. Yeah, we both got to read it, and we have some thoughts. Not too many, I think, but it was still a good read, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do a recap because it's we've been a long time since we've had an actual like episode. Um, obviously, there hasn't been as many Dragon Prince stuff going on, but... That should be changing in the next couple weeks. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to read off the summary. We have the book here with us. I'm going to read off a summary um, of the back to just, this is what it's about. So every moon shadow elf child knows the scary stories of the blood moon hunters, the evil sorceress who steals your blood on the night of the harvest moon. Everyone also knows those legends aren't true. But for young Rayla, whose parents recently left her behind to fulfill their duty as members of the elite Dragon Guard, this autumn is scarier than most. Her guardians, Renan and Athari, are still getting the hang of the whole parenting thing, and no one will tell Rayla what Renan does for a living. She spends most of her time exploring the forest outside the Silvergrove. When Rayla discovers a young Skywing elf in danger just hours before the harvest moon will rise, the scary stories become real. Can she stop the huntress before the moon reaches its zenith? So that is the summary of what it's about. And we have some thoughts. Uh, I, let's start off first with like the fact that what we thought about the book. I really liked it. Like, mm-hmm. of course, me being me. Um, and funny enough, I'd arguably say that it actually really kind of, it's really started bringing me back to the Dragon Prince because the hiatus has been so long and it has been um, not dry. We've had actually a lot of content, but it's been so long that it's, um, you know, you go through life, other stuff happens, and you kind of stop paying attention um, and whatever others don't, you know, going on with you personally. And so for me, um, it's really funny because when the show first started, Renan is what got me hooked because um, I was here pre-show. Um, I I was there for the premiere. I, I was obsessed with the pre-show, which never happens. And it was Renan that did that. So it was like, it's funny to me that the book, a book with and starring Renan and Raylan Athari is what ultimately has been bringing me back to the Dragon Prison, really making me really excited for everything that's um, going to happen. Even if I know it's, I even know I'm aware that it's probably going to hurt me in my soul with whatever they're going to do to my babies. Um, yeah. yeah, for me, I think it was just a nice, quick look back into the world I like uh that these a uh, couple of characters aren't like necessarily my favorites uh as you guys probably know if you've listened to this podcast but uh, for Kuno they are some of her favorites so she this is a real treat for her but for me I definitely like the little bits of uh world building that we got um some of the lore was really interesting and some other you know things that were brought up that we'll talk about um I still liked it but it's uh I'm just more excited for San Diego Comic-Con that's coming very shortly Yep, and um, I won't say as much here, but we kind of have, well, I have a surprise about that, but you will find out about that later. Um, So we'll go start first into it, wrote a bunch of notes. Uh, It's a bunch of kind of like bulleted notes just because, uh, how do I say, the book um, is great. It also is not giving us, a, it gave us a lot of new content. How do I say that? I love it. I will give it like a five out of five just because I I really love this. Or at, at, at lowest, a four out of five. But it's like, um, it's it's not, it's episodic. It's not like, mm-hmm. 
um, giving us a ton of brand new world lore. But if you love these characters, it, it's really about the relationships between Renan, Athari, and Rayla. And it also gives you a look into how Rayla really feels and what happened with her parents. So we start with um, Lane and Tiadrin are leaving. That's the beginning of it. And um, it's really great that we start there, actually, because we see that one thing, it's so cute. Athari is crying. He, and Tiadrin is comforting him and saying, you know, well, Athari, it's okay. And Lane is, you know, is, is talking with her and they're seeing them off. And, and as some of you have seen, Rayla is really sad about this. And she's not just sad about it, um, she's angry. And that continu- that's a continuing thing throughout the book. Um, even at the end of the book, it's a continuing thing. So again, I want to remind you, this is a spoiler review. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's hard to talk about the book without being spoilery. Otherwise, we would just sit here and say, we liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so that's why it's coming out. They will release. Um, there are a few parts here that I um, that I particularly liked. For one thing, we got to see Lane and Teatro, but when they're leaving, Lane is unsure. He even asks, you know, are you sure? Should should we should one of us should we both go? And Teodrin is like, you know, we have to, it's our duty. But you can tell everybody cries except for Runan and Rayla, funny enough. And you can tell that they don't want to go. But we do learn some world stuff. Uh, continue, uh, particularly with Zim and with the egg and the dragon guard and how those relate and what that functions as. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, clearly we see that they are leaving the moment basically the egg has been laid. And so the fact that Zim hadn't hatched until we get the, you know, season one of the show means that he was an egg for several years and they didn't know how long. So I guess it's not, I guess it varies on with each dragon. It's not like a nine month thing like with humans at all. Um, And that was their job. Like you were saying, like they're just the dragon egg guard, technically, which is kind of a new thing <laughs> that we didn't really know exactly, but uh, I like that learning that Zim. Yeah, I really say that's probably one of the most important things, kind of like the important details that we learn. That it's really they're not just the dragon guard; they're the dragon egg guard. But it probably just doesn't sound as majestic. But yeah. the whole, the whole, basically to summarize the job is they leave to go guard the egg and to guard. I'm assuming their parents just to guard that family while the egg, while Zim is still in his egg. And um, when he hatched, then they could go home. Um, and that's why they leave. It's a very specific detail that we understand now that it wasn't going to be forever. They Because they weren't just away. It's just not just their job now. And they were going to be gone for the rest of Rayla's life. Whenever the egg hatched, and granted, they had no idea when that was going to happen, um, they were going to come home. So it wasn't a, it was always going to be a temporary thing, but they didn't. And they even say that it could be soon, could be a few years, and it ended up being a few years. And we just thought that was really interesting because mm-hmm. that tells us a lot about the situation that Rayla and her parents were in. Um, it was almost like your parents were working away from home. And it actually, I was just, I'm just having, it actually makes it more sad because every year, maybe she was hoping that her parents would be there for her birthday. Yeah. Maybe the egg would hatch this year. And then as it gets Aww. around, you know, we know that her parents would send letters and she was probably hoping every year that. Mm-hmm this would be the year that, that the egg hatches. This would be the year that the egg hatches. And because they just didn't know. And it was never was until Rayla hatched it. So there's some parallel, there are interesting literature parallels there. Um, 
Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> it yeah. Just keeps getting sadder. It really is. I'm going to talk about some stuff kind of in mixed order. Maybe it'll be, okay. it'll, it'll like, uh, also I wrote my notes in mixed order, but also maybe it'll kind of like, <laughs> when you guys read it, it'll be a little bit more uh, mixed up for you guys. So the next thing, and this is going to be a quick note because this is mostly a me thing. Um, all the dads are hot in this, uh, in this here graphic novel. You're not wrong. You're, you're right. It's true. You'll see. I mean, if you guys read it, you'll know. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there's Renan, there's Athari, and there's Lane, and then there's the Skywing elf dad. And this is just, I mean, this isn't this isn't a drawback. This is just a tradition of the Dragon Prince. And I just want to let everybody know that the all the dads in the graphic novel are hot. And um, I really appreciate that. Uh, another thing is um, if you're into Rithari, and like I am, I am, I do really love, like I don't love, like I love him. I don't know as much as Raylum, but we all know that I am nothing mm-hmm. if not my blood type is nothing if not basically RC, basically Raylum Callum, <laughs> Rayla Callum. But um, I love I love Ruthari. They're like uh, one of my favorite chips in the show, and we really see their relationship. Uh, they call each other darling a lot, uh, and both of them they both call each other darling. And there's this particular panel near the end where we're not where uh Ithari is knocking his bow. Um and mind you, Ithari has great arms, but it's like mm-hmm. it's a really cool scene where he's knocking his bow and he's pulling back the arrow and he's like, you know, to your left, darling. And that image, that panel just lives <laughs> in my head rent free. It's just my favorite panel of the entire thing. And I just um I wish that could be animated like so much like that would be beautiful <laughs> i do i hope we see sorry yeah use a bow that'd be amazing yeah let me see him like do more archery because it's very clear he has a lot of skill in that area and um but with that segue arguably let's talk about renan and Thari's relationship they have a, they have a very support we all know they have a very yeah. supportive and loving relationship but we really see it in this comic um and there's even a scene where um where Ithari is comforting Renan and um it, it's really intimate it gets very intimate like they yeah no holds part and it's such a beautiful scene it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole book um and for several reasons for that being one of the reasons and really seeing how Ithari and Renan balance each other how they're humor with each other how they're vulnerable with each other um and I want to talk about Renan's vulnerability a little bit later but the Ithari I think it, I want to talk about Rithari for a second. I think this book really tells you a lot about, they even have conversations about the relationship. Um, Ithari has a conversation with Rayla about um, how sometimes what Renan does hurts for longer than he liked, but it is a necessary part of loving him. And I just, I love how, I love the emotional side that we see of this relationship and not just the grief. We see the compromise like this is a marriage they are married and you really see that they are two married husbands and it takes work to be in this relationship and i love that you i love that you see that that it's a very balanced relationship and it takes work emotional work and support from both of them in order to be married you know like uh like any other people in the world <laughs> yeah definitely awesome and then one thing that I want to mention was, I mean, obviously the whole point of the book is so we can see like really get closer to 
uh, Renan and Sorry, but it's really striking to me just how she didn't really seem to know him too much at all um, at the beginning of the book. It's like, it's not like it was like, oh, Uncle Renan and Uncle Sorry. Uh, nope. <laughs> she definitely did not want to spend many nights over at their place. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was pretty striking to me. But obviously, by the end, they all love each other. So yeah, as far as we know, anyway, we start the book right when Renan and Athari I mean, are taking Rayla and Lynn mm-hmm. and are leaving. So they probably were friends of the family and she liked them, but she probably wasn't, it probably wasn't. It doesn't seem to us like it was like, or maybe she was hurting at the time, but it doesn't seem to us like she was like super duper, these are my uncles, um, mm-hmm. kind of close. Or if they were, we have not been shown that yet. So, cause this book is really like about an adjustment period um, that, they're all going through and um yeah yeah that's it that's really what it, the book is about it's about the adjustment period between them um so the next thing i want to talk about real quickly is how runan shows vulnerability he shows a lot of vulnerability in this book um he, particularly there's a scene where he's wondering if this profession if he should have gone into it um especially in the wake of Rayla being so disapproving, like you kind of really see how how much he does show in his own ways the love for his people, and it's very and he's well known for it. Um, and I really, it's a side of you really realize that this is, and in the whole book, you see that Renan is very vulnerable, not vulnerable, but he's very um, he's the part of the what did you say to me earlier about Rendon, what we see in this in season one like, like the way he acts in that season like we don't see too much of him because he you know in three episodes he's he's coined so you know <laughs> or i think it was oh work persona it's like yeah oh yes his work persona yeah definitely like that was pretty much the whole time or either that or he was upset with rayla so you know i'm sure when the flashback in what season was that season three or we got the Oh yeah, yes. season two. <laughs> oh, season okay, the season two flashback. Obviously, we saw a more touching side of him, but this is definitely the only time we see Wait, him. I'm wrong. Season three. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because it was probably a big deal when the kiss happened. <laughs> but um, whenever that happened, yeah. So definitely seeing this side of him is something we haven't got to yet, just because he hasn't been in the show enough. But Scott, glad we're getting it here. And you know, uh, what I wanted to bring up was that definitely like. It's kind of, I was, I kind of was under the impression that maybe an assassin's in Moon Shadow culture were kind of something every elf knew, no matter your age. But here it's shown that it's definitely not, at least to little kids under the, you know, a certain age, they, it's kind of kept hush hush and it's an adult thing. Uh, and really kind of has to figure it out, more or less. <laughs> That's part of, you know, what <laughs> the whole issue here was that they didn't want to tell her about it. But that, that kind of shocked me, to be honest. It's really funny though because they just don't tell tits jack and it, i mean it's normal but you yeah you did get the impression that or at least maybe it was like random impression and we just, just kind of it was so important to them like the way renan spoke about things and he did in this book too i just felt like maybe that was preached all over <laughs> moon shadow culture but i think it's just him <laughs> maybe maybe it's happens. just you know and may, maybe we should just like maybe it was it was like us and fandom because it's like i guess mm-hmm. yeah you can't expect adults to explain to children yeah like he says and great he says so very frankly i mean you guys see the sample pages i kill people i don't judge them mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah i guess you don't tell children i murder people it's like how do you i guess it's hard to explain that even to moonshadow of children you know and maybe that's the funny part about like how we interpret 
the way other people interpret Moonshadow Elves too, which we'll jump to that note really yeah. quickly. Um, <laughs> one of the, the Skywing Elf boy, um, we won't say his name, you can figure out his name later. The Skywing Elf boy actually, um, and yeah, probably might've had a reason for it, but he even he, he tells Rayla, you know, don't kill me, don't drink my blood. And so it makes me wonder, do other elves think that Moonshadow Elves do that? Or is this like a common thing? Is this widely known? Like, yeah, is this the folktale for Moonshadow Elves? Is there like a story for every kind of elf? Or are they considered like kind of a dangerous kind of elf? <laughs> Just like how humans view elves. Um, it seems like not every elf loves every other elf. Yeah, which is normal. And in, in, even in our real world, it's like, we don't like, like you have elves, not in our real world, but like you have elves and it's like, they don't like humans, but that don't mean they all like each other either. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for them to. I mean, they're, they're people just like everybody else. Um, and, but yeah, assassins are an adult matter, which, you know, in retrospect, yeah. Um, yeah. It's about, it seems right. I just definitely, I guess, just not what I was expecting. But, you know, and what we I brought up was like, it was kind of like frustrating at first how Rayla was so insistent on finding the truth. However, at the same time, Athari was just so bad at lying <laughs> that no wonder she kept asking about it, figuring it out. Like that, he's not a chef. Renan is not a chef, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they make up several lies about what Renan does, and I think at first, um, at first, I understand what Rayla, what um, Rayla was saying because she does. She is very insistent on it, but at the same time, she also does very much ask, "What's the big deal about what he does, and why does it have to wait until I'm older?" Like it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. They don't, and it's like they made it such a big deal that if they had probably just told that. Renan goes on patrol at night. He's a warrior. He protects the village. It probably it wouldn't even have been a total lie. That is what he does. Um, but they made it such a big deal. And it's like, and when you make a big deal about something, your children, it's very clear you're not telling the truth. Yeah, you're gonna have kids. You're gonna like, no, what is this about? And he's very insistent and curious, and that's normal for children. So yeah. you really can't blame her when Athari like they literally say that Renan is a chef yeah but while he's making arrows and knives for this man and it's just like what kind of chef you know Arrow? I mean yeah what y'all making arrows for you know yeah killing something. and they just don't tell her it's like just be honest with her they wanted to have an honest conversation with her but they you know be a little bit more honest with her about it and I think it probably would have would have been uh fine and uh yeah, but they don't do that. So the next thing I kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about, which is a thing that is very specific to me, um, the, the Moonshadow Elf assassin characters that were killed in season one um, are in the book. And the only one that does have a speaking role or a role, and she's a minor character, is Andromeda, but if you're around, if you kind of have been around the fandom for a while, um, you know that I actually named the characters. They're from the names are from my uh, fanfic sides of the moon, and um, it's a whole thing. And I don't want to go into too much because that's not what we're talking about. Well, yes, that's what we're talking about. But um, I was super excited when I saw that they said. One of the characters, they said the female assassin's name, which the female assassin's name in my fic is Andromeda. Um, I don't know why I did. I think it was just because Andromeda was because I just like the name. 
Um, and it's very starry like, and it's very kind of moonish like, like, you know, very, I kind of went Greekish if I could. Um, and so they, they don't say anybody else's name, but it was so cool for me personally to see the name that I chose for this character in an official canon book. And that is her canon name. So obviously, yeah. but it's just so cool. Yeah. And she, yeah like she has a role she has um a role in the show i mean in the in the book and it's kind of like it's and that's there or at least the name is there because of of something i did or picked or whatever and i just think that for me that's just kind of like a proud little like geek moment um another thing that's funny about that specific thing is always like the the elf squad they were trained by Renan. we see that they are under his command that they've known him for years before, you know, because Ray was like, what, eight in this? Eight, ten, eight, ten years old? Yeah. You know, for years before the actual um, season one happens. So they've known him for a long time. And so that's not even that far off from some of the backgrounds I have for them in my personal fic, um, which is really cool to me. Um, and disclaimer, this is not to say that that anything is inspired by my fic or anything at all like that. I just think it's really cool that it's not super far off that they knew each other and that Renan was a support system in their lives because that's a in my fic that's what happens but in more dramatic and different manifest ways um so I just think that's really cool and I was fangirling about it and that's um because uh when I saw it in the book I showed Haley and I was like oh my god there's her name yeah <laughs> and then I noticed that the characters were there and I just um that's like I don't know that's just like a special heart thing to me uh so um, I brought that up. Yeah, definitely. No, for sure. Like that needs to be mentioned because that's pretty awesome. So many people are going to read this now. I'm like, it's because of you that that character is named that. <laughs> Enjoy it. So yeah, she has a small role in there. She has a small speaking role, and uh, not as serious as I thought she'd be. But then again, you know, this is like possibly like six, or eight, six or eight Younger, years. Yeah, yeah. So um, but yeah, it's really cool, and um. She does. She is there for a reason. Like she does explain some certain things and uh, to Rayla, and uh, it makes it. It also kind of makes it a little sad too, because in season one they all die. She's talking to Rayla. They all die, and they all were mad at her too. So it's like here they are in their lives when they were cool. You know, when they were when Andromeda even says that she's funny and she's bold and. They're all mad at her later, and then she dies, and then they die, and it's like, oh, it's so messed up. So you almost understand too. It almost makes it worse for Rayla's guilt, actually, because these were people she knew, possibly even cared about and loved. Yeah, these might have, these might have even. I'm not gonna go this far, but this also very much could have been some of the only friends she had. If you didn't seem close to any other kids, like we already knew this kind of like, we clearly didn't seem to have any other friends, right? But like. Yeah, we saw that in the book. She just walks right past other kids her age. Yeah, except for the boy that she was trying to save, but they didn't save. Yeah. But they did. She did have one friend, the little adorable. Yeah, does he have a name? He doesn't. He doesn't what? have the name. Oh my goodness. He's just got a name. She's just <laughs> going a little bit, little best friend. But now we're really wondering. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Where the heck did he go? Um, this is my close. So, I'm. I don't think the show. I just imagined, like, now that they thought of the character, maybe they'll return a little adorable, but, like, 
I'm just like, oh, he'll be dead. You know, yeah, so like, it's a little pat, you know, I, we don't know their, how long they live. I mean, it's a good question. Ask Katsanio Comic-Con, you know, how long do these live? So, <laughs> yeah, how long do Dorabers live? Because there's the Dora little Dorber and even her expressions and everything. Like she talks to him and all sorts of things. And uh, we don't, we do not see him in season one, which granted, it probably just wasn't thought of at the time. But like makes you wonder, did he die? Yeah. Like, did she bury him? Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Um, another thing we were wondering is so Renan nightly goes out and he, you know, presumably assassinates, participates in assassination tasks every night, uh, most <laughs> nights, um, or at least many nights. Yeah, frequent enough that Rayla is like. Curious, and uh, I'm curious. Who is Runan killing on a frequent basis? Like, who who are the threats to the Moonshadow Elf, to the village? Who are the people that they are? You know, like, are the humans or the other elves? Like, I get it that there are um, there are people like the Blood Moon Huntress out there, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, was he was he training in the day mostly? What was the training? Because maybe he's just training all the time. No, he was doing the day. The day. Okay, the day was training. Okay. At night, he's going out. Yeah, so with other humans, other elves, the both, you know. You know. (laughs) Yeah, like who is, who are you killing all the time? Like, I'm not an assassin. I'm not no, I'm not no assassination expert here. But he was doing this kind of frequently. So I actually do generally want to ask this. Who who is Renan killing? Um. Next thing, uh, kind of covered this a little bit, I guess, was like, you know, seeing Renan in his home and his daily life shows us, like, you know, um, yeah. not who he usually is, but so we're going to move on from very that. Cute, yeah. It is really cute. Uh, they have a very supportive relationship. And you see that he's like, season one is his work persona. Um, but maybe we can talk about like how we see Skywing Elves again. I thought that, I mean, for me, like, I love Skywing. I mean, I love other, seeing, seeing other elves in general. So we've seen a lot of moonshot elves in particular. So I want to learn more about the other ones. And we see a little family, well, uh, uh, you know, family of scouting elves. And they were in a caravan, which is a group of people. And they all got separated. So we're wondering what happens to the other ones. <laughs> right? I think they were there, but they didn't draw them. Because I did see three moonshot uh, um, skywing elves in like the little caravan. And I saw some other ones. So I think that the caravan got like captured. And we just don't see them for, I'm assuming for the sake of saving time. Yeah. But we did see, I did see some like, um, kind of cut off leg, not literally cut off, <laughs> but like yes. in the panel, like okay. yes. cut off. And so I think that's what happened, but it did make me wonder, like, you know, they did, they do apparently, so apparently they travel, some of them travel in caravans. I don't know if that's just a Skywing Elf thing because they love to travel or if, if that's like a, just an elf thing or it's like, or just a thing that people on this continent, all humans are elf alike just traveling caravans and um mm-hmm. it was like my brain is kind of though thinking are they do they travel in caravans because flocks like birds travel together i feel like that makes sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't want to go too deep and down the like you know the bird nest uh-huh. yeah. but uh it it feels like it feels like it has something to do with that mm-hmm. definitely on these on these probably helping like the people unlike some of the other ones we've met <laughs> not naming names <laughs> well like you know not everybody's nicks even though she's a cool character yeah but some of them are just like 
a we're just trying to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. That being said, scouting Elfdad was uh, fine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, long hair. I love I love the fact that most of the elves apparently just like 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 long hair. Yeah, which is it is an elf thing anyway. But like it, I just appreciate it. Um, so, um, you, uh, one thing that I felt saw was interesting that I just want to note that it was going into the Grove, what's it called? The Silver Grove. It's the Silver Grove, yeah. It addressed how that only guests need to, need to be brought in with a dance. If you just live there, you don't need to dance every single time <laughs> to get in, which thank goodness, because yeah, that'd be a pain. And I feel like, yeah, that was probably a question a lot of fans had uh, watching season three. Uh, so they address that, and it's always fun to see things like that where it's like, yeah, we're into this because, as you're, as you're wondering. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely, I never voiced it, but I genuinely have the question of like, do they have a dance every single time they do it? Because like, is that just how they get in? But that seems a little bit, uh, seems like, just seems like it'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah, honestly, um, you have to dance every single time you have to come <laughs> in. But it's like, honestly, if you don't know how to dance very well, you probably don't bring guests back to your village very much. You're just like. Nah, man, you're just gonna like. I can't even get in. I can't even bring you in because I'm not that good at it. So, so this I think so. Yeah. I think it's like a magic thing where if you live there, if you're from there, if you're Moonshadow Elf, you don't really need to do that very often. I'm yeah. assuming if you live there, yeah, you you just don't need to do that. You can just come and go as you please, and other people just can't see it like you do. But the magic just works for you. Yeah. Um. Another thing too is that let's talk about the blood moon for a second, the harvest moon. Um, apparently, the forest causes hallucinations for people during that time, and so they just have a big party on them in, the, in the village and uh, guard the village, and like, which is really funny because you'd think they would just all stay in the houses, but no, they just have like a thing for the children, and um, people go out and attraction. Yeah, they yeah. patrol um, the forest because this is the time of night where um this is the time of night where the it's like what they explained it was is that the illusion essentially is weak and they're more vulnerable during that time of the, that that moon more than any other period so they have people go out and patrol they have guards everybody's kind of on guard and in the meantime um they have like a festival during that mm -hmm. period of time but there are people who go and care and patrol the forest to make sure that nobody's going to attack them so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i love that we get to learn more about their traditions and such holidays i guess does that and then yeah and like at the same time it's like did they also do this because of the blood moon huntress like even yeah. though they didn't believe in her maybe long ago they all did and that's why it started perhaps it's interesting actually um also believe there are assassin histories Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a whole thing. Apparently, we're not. I mean, we don't we don't get a whole thing, but we're not mentioned them in the assassin histories. And I was like, what are those? Are they assassin histories just for assassins? <laughs> are they like only some people know about them? But yeah, apparently they are assassin histories. So mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. Um, another thing, I think this is the book we see why Rayla has her fear of water. Oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, to think about yeah, this could be it. Although, like, we did see, like, an earlier in the one of the end credit things, she was younger there with the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So maybe she just always not liked it. Or that's not canon. Or is that both of them? It could be like, <laughs> it could be like, I mean, maybe Sam was like that, anyways. 
Yeah, oh, that's that's true. I had a whole thing with my niece where she was crying because she did not want to go to college. But it could be that she just wasn't didn't have like a name for it. And then she didn't like she didn't like water already. And then in the book, she almost drowned uh to death. And I think that was a little redundant of me to say, but whatever. <laughs> um she almost drowned. And um they save her, of course, but it's kind of it seemed kind of traumatizing, I'm not gonna lie. Like she yeah. almost died. Mm-hmm. Um even for my grown ass. And so it could be very much how the why it was reinforced in the water. It's like she hates she hates the water. Not even just like I don't like getting wet. It's like no, I like this dislike being in the water. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I am scared of it. I am a scared. Yeah, and also uh, speaking of like I guess Rayla lore, the sea forgetting her moon shadow form uh really young compared to which we see Andromeda struggles with, even as you know probably you know, maybe a decade, oh, maybe a decade older than Rayla yeah. at that point. We don't know how old Andromeda is, but you know, it's kind of sad. <laughs> but she's been an always precocious child. We can see she's really smart, and she really understands Renan's teachings pretty pretty quickly. So, and I love seeing that. And now we know exactly how. Like I know, I remember you talked with Aaron or something about them just like disappearing as babies or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that doesn't happen. <laughs> Listen, because like if you, I remember you were talking about like the the like a prodigy if you every parent wants their child to be like a prodigy like a prodigy baby but i just thought it was like super funny thought that's like do their do their kids like do their kids just like disappear as babies and then you know you and you're just like i don't know you, you're just having a time wondering if you're where the where your child is and no she's just in the crib like she just disappeared maybe, maybe they can do that days when they forget oh my god <laughs> that'd be so just like some babies can swim when they're born. Yeah. Or they can swim. And they reinforce they can, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they just forget. That'd be terrible though if your baby could go invisible. Like, I just can't. I know. Just Only can't. once a month. Once a month. <laughs> once a month. You just gotta, you have to be on point with where this child is at. Like, but yeah. like where is the baby? Hold the baby the whole night. Now we know, most likely, maybe a teenager, young adult kind of. Probably. Yeah. Most, like puberty, most. I guess, sort of thing. Yeah. I wonder if it's similar for like, uh, some virals. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Although that would really suck if, like, yeah, it, you, I don't think it's a good idea if, like, your baby can, like, do heat being. Oh, like, God. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I will say the one thing I do wish we had learned, um, I wish we had learned more about the Huntress herself. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know her name. What the hell is her name? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, Renan says it, so. Yeah, but yeah, she's in the audiobook. Yeah, maybe in an audiobook, you know, like it's like, hey, how do you say this woman's name? But like they do say it. Um I'm trying to look for it right now. I have the book in our hands. Uh he says her name and he says it <laughs> as Kim Dale. Kim Dale. Kim Dale. Um yeah. Kim Dale, I think, is how you say it. Um, or Kim Dale. I think it's Kim Dale. Um I could be totally wrong, but it's K I M D A E L. Yeah, it's like an accent, like a, right? Yeah, <laughs> she's got a cool design. I just wish we'd learn more about her because um, we don't really learn a ton about her. She's kind of there, like right, like it's just something that happens. I wouldn't even say she's just kind of there. She does serve a purpose in the novel. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, but historically we we don't really Historic. we don't really know a lot about her. 
And I think maybe uh, there is kind of a point to that, though, I think. But I do wish we we spend more time with her and understood that she uh, understood more about her, learned more about her. But Mm -hmm. she does serve a plot purpose in the the novel where, um, for one, she is a nightmare come true. But also, too, she is, we, she serves a purpose, at least to me, of being like, in the end, you can see, that she for one thing she's not really defeated she's defeated but she's not dead yeah yeah apparently you can't like yeah yeah she basically is like a, like an elf like a moonshot elf vampire and the thing is like the point of her is that she and others like her are still out there and this is why renan does what he does because rayla's had a really hard time the whole time with what the understanding what he does and now by the end of the book she does genuinely understand um and so it's like her not being dead is there's a point to it it's like she's still out there she's still gonna do the things that she was like she's still gonna do her ritual at some point she's gonna come back you know i, I don't necessarily know if she'll come back in the show but she'll she's gonna come back with magic and everything and um doing the blood rituals and killing people and yeah. that's kind of Rayla now understands why Runan does what he does why he why this is him protecting his people that he lo- and the people that he loves and um she understands now and she wants to do the same thing um which kind of brings me to the end of the novel being in the end you really see because throughout the whole so i mentioned earlier right Haley, that um Rayla was really bothered by the fact that her mm-hmm. parents left yeah very upsetting understandably so her parents even for an undeterminate amount of time you know <laughs> yeah um exactly couldn't take her with her. they couldn't take her sadly and then who knows if they'll make it back like i mean you know a lot of uncertainties there you know? yeah. which they did not so to be fair oh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well yeah and so you can see how much it bothers her and the, it stays throughout the book she mentions he projects even he projects throughout the book um several times and that her parents abandoned her, you know, and she feels abandoned and she, she's, she is upset that they left and is there, and you know, but she's kind of like, she's a tough little cookie. Even in the beginning, in the beginning, she doesn't cry. And even when Ithari offers her a thing, like a, a handkerchief and she hasn't cried, but by the end, you know, she asks Renan to, um, to train her. Yeah. And to train her. And he's like, are you sure? You know, like, is this what you want? Like, perhaps you'd rather train as your parents. And he didn't even say it, but your yeah. parents did. And she immediately cuts it down. And she's not mad exactly, but she's like, you know, no. And it is the most heartbreaking, cutest, but heartbreaking little panel of her face going red. And she starts to cry. And she really, for the first time in the book, breaks down about how they're not here to train me. You, you being Renan, you are. And you can see it hurts her so much that they're not there. Like she's so emotional about it that it's like they're not here. And I'm mm-hmm. really sad about that. And but you are here for me. And I would like you to continue to be there for me and train me. And of course, um, Renan agrees, as we know. Yeah. And you know, of course she's excels at it. But you see their um their relationship, and by the end they are a family. Like in the end, there's a yeah. lot of love and hugging and and she's basically their adopted daughter. Um one thing I think I wanted to talk about, though, was I found it really interesting, the layers of Renan and Nathari's relationship was how, in the book, um, Renan, 
when she warns them about the Blood Moon Huntress, Ithar, okay, they both know the Blood Moon Huntress tales, but Ithari actually doesn't believe her. He thinks she's just telling children. She's not, he's not angry about it, but you can tell he doesn't really believe her. And then, but Renan does believe she saw something. He does believe her to extent. He does believe that she, she saw something. He just doesn't know. But we know that the forest plays tricks on them. That's exactly what it does. Um, and we even kind of see it a little bit. But it's actually kind of an interesting thing where Rithari is very emotionally supportive, obviously more emotionally supportive than Renan. But Renan takes Rayla more seriously. That's something that I thought was a nice detail of their relationship mm-hmm. to the book. That um, he, he believes her that she saw something. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely their relationship is very interesting. I love how it all comes together and ends. It's so leading up to what we know of them in the show. And it really helps escalate. Like, you know, it makes things better. You know, re- going back and rewatching and saying, oh, we know they have this history now. And now it's even sadder. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes it, it's very subtle, but it does make everything kind of sadder because there was life here. They were they loved each other, like even the minor. You know, there was a community. It's very mm-hmm. there's a community here, and this this event that happened in season one, prior even season one, is very you can tell that the community took it hard, yeah. and it kind of like changed things for that. Oh, it is really sad, but mm-hmm. overall, um, I give it the book honestly a four out of five four point five out of five for me i'd give it a five out of five if it were just for some minor stuff um it is very episodic we don't learn a ton but i can't be mad at it at all and i'm not i arguably would give it a five out of five um i know that star just went up higher and higher and higher um just because i it it, it does exactly what it sets out to do we this is for moon shadow if you love the moon shadow elf family if you love moon shadow elves this is the book for you it's 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 the book I even was talking to Haley when I was reading. I was like, "This so this was written for me. Yeah, this was written <laughs> with me in mind because this is everything I I I want. Like I want more. Of, I, I, I think some Raylan would be better, but this is <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even mad. There's no Raylan. No, no Raylan references. <laughs> I, I really love the fact that this is just about the family and the adjustment. I would love more. Even I would love more when Rayla is more adjusted. When they are kind of like. When you can tell them there's like a like a really father daughter fathers and daughter sort of dynamic because this is definitely the beginning of the relationship but i would love something where it's just like no this is their child you know and uh mm-hmm. also the art is great i really love the art style and I, I i would love to see this art style like from now on but all of i mean granted both of them, great. Both both of them have been amazing art styles but this is just this is these are it's really nice. Like I, I'm really in love with the coloring too. The color work here is so pretty, but it goes really well with the art style here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of very intimate um, Rudari. Yeah, yeah. um, in fact, to the point there's you know this panel right here. I'm kind of like, you know, they're smooching. I wonder <laughs> if they. Never mind. Whoa. <laughs> um, it's, it's that tender though that's the thing it's that intimate yeah so um you know they're married guys anyways um yeah one thing that you brought to mind for me like i got an idea like what runan does it's just a joke but he his job every night is to kill the undead like <laughs> tales that rise up every single night 
Like there's so many of these people like the Moonshot, uh, Blood Moon or the, whatever the name is, yeah. <laughs> the Blood Moon Huntress, uh, just other elves like that. So I take care of them every night. <laughs> Listen, sounds like a sounds like a different sounds like a zombie fan fiction, but it wouldn't even surprise me now because I'm like, who are you killing every night? Yeah, always killing somebody. <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess Zadie is huge, and there's probably a lot of people that like, you know. But he, here's something though: he's never gone for too long. Yeah, he always comes back. He always comes back late in the night. Like he's he must be within the perimeter. Yeah, like I mean, unless he's literally just patrolling. Like I mean, that's possible, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it, but okay. Yeah, just saying he's on he patrols. Like that would have been like a good excuse. But no, nope. it's not he's even. A, it's not even. It's not even uh, a lie. Yeah. So the thing is funny is that um I and I, uh, I like the fact that Renan is more vulnerable than we think he is, and Athari is not is is more firm than we think he is. Like they are both very like Athari is very emotionally supportive, very much softer. Renan is you know. Renan, the way he is, he is very stubborn, stern, but they are more of that other side of them than we think. And, and it's very, com- I like, one of my favorite things about this is the Renan and Athari. Like, it shows us deeper layers of their character. And I think that overall, that's, um, it does that for everybody. And the book set out to do what it wanted to do. Yeah, it's a good, a good read, good quick read. And I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. Right, Puzzle House. Oh yeah, the only so, one supposed <laughs> to be supposed to be about uh, Kapar, which I believe is um, Viren's mentor, and I am actually very interested in that. My 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 priority is almost always like the character relationship, so I'm actually really mm-hmm. interested in seeing Claudia Soren possibly and Kapar and Viren. So I'm very interested in that dynamic, and maybe we'll finally see Claudia and Soren's mom, mm-hmm. Lisa. Well, um, highly recommend it. I uh, can't recommend recommend it enough, guys. So um, check it out. And uh, have you got anything else? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I mentioned in the beginning. So for those who don't know, um, I am we'll going. Be, yeah, we'll both be going to San Diego Comic Con and asking questions. Yep, we'll, we'll be there. Uh, so you should not have anything to worry about with live tweeting. Um, oh yeah, I'll be. Uh, on my channel's Cartoon Universe, if you don't know, and on the my Twitter account, Cartoon UV, I'll be live tweeting everything. If the account is not the official account is not doing it in time, I'll do it <laughs> for them. And and yeah, I'm getting Duna to be some moral support and potentially help me. Yeah, yeah. Most likely, I'll take some kind of leading supporting role there, where I'll probably like maybe I can while she's live tweeting take pictures or whatever, mm-hmm. but I can't take pictures of you know. So you guys will not be without during the um, during the whole process. And we will we will be there. We will relay details. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. So make sure to uh, stay subscribed for to this podcast because we'll be talking about what is revealed at Comic Con in detail. Yeah, in detail once we get the chance to recover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, subscribe to or follow the Cartooners YouTube and. Uh, Twitter yeah. uh, accounts. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of Dragon Prince, and there's also going to be a lot of uh, Wonderstrom, because Wonderstrom is also going to talk yeah. about, on Saturday, that Saturday panel, is they're going to talk about um, what's after the Dragon Prince. So, um, which is really cool, actually. Exciting. Yeah, so they're gearing up already. Um, but, um, yeah. And that's kind of my all my announcements. Yeah, that was for me. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Us. Okay. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> yep. Stay tuned. All right, guys. This has been uh, Tamika and Haley, and we shall see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>